Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is your Strata Property. Karen Stiles is the Executive Officer of the Owners Corporation Network of Australia, also known as the OCN, the peak body representing owners and residents in residential strata. The OCN's goal is to improve strata living through advocacy, education and empowerment of strata owners and residents. Karen spent three years as a member of the Building Professionals Board, working to improve the quality of building construction and subdivision in New South Wales by regulating and educating building and subdivision certifiers across New South Wales. Now, Karen has been a guest on the show before, way, way back in episode number four. Karen joined us to discuss short-term letting, and that has been one of our most popular episodes of the podcast. I am absolutely delighted to welcome back Karen Stiles of the OCN. Welcome, Karen. Thanks, Amanda, for having me. It's lovely to be chatting again. Absolute pleasure to have you, Karen, and you really have been so heavily involved uh, in the strata sector and with owners for such a long time now, and OCN has been doing some wonderful advocacy work and doing its best to make sure that when we have legislation changes and submission to government that residents' voices are at the forefront. So I always commend OCN for the work that it does and I'm happy to help wherever I can. Today, we want to talk about the topic of governance, specifically in the context of strata committees. And we might touch on a few uh, hot topics that OCN has been working on. But I'll start by asking you, Karen, to share with us what do we mean when we use the word governance in the context of strata committees? Governance is really implementing good practices and good processes within the committee. A good committee might adopt a code of conduct, which can include things like a vision statement for the building, the setting of measurable goals for each year, which the chair would then report on to the collective owners at the AGM. They'd have a process for dealing with conflicts of interest, a commitment to act in the best interest of all the owners, not just some who they like or, you know, worrying about their own particular agenda, a commitment to work in a spirit of teamwork and cooperation, and probably most importantly, well, in my mind anyway, having been through it, a limit of two hours for meetings. (laughs) All too often meetings can drag on because everyone's having a chat and that's not a productive thing. It also doesn't encourage perhaps younger people to get involved who have got busy careers or kids, whereas they could manage a bite-sized meeting, they don't necessarily want to be there all night. So, the opposite of good governance is the committee that's dominated by one self-interested or self-important individual or a cabal that bullies other committee members, ignores committee decisions or doesn't call committee meetings so they can carry on regardless or the committee that ignores its statutory obligation to maintain and repair because they don't want to spend money. 
I think we probably have a few listeners, Karen, who unfortunately are nodding their heads when they hear you talk about those committees with poor governance. But I want to just dive into a couple of key concepts there that you raised. And they I have to say, they're not ones I've come across before. You mentioned a vision statement and goal setting. Have you worked with or been on committees that have had these things? And what do they look like? And how do they, how do they work in practice? Yes. So, the vision statement can be as simple as we want a well-managed building that appeals to owners and residents alike, which uh, fosters a sense of community within the building. And with that, once you've got that vision, then you can implement things like, wow, well, let's have drinks on the front lawn for people or let's have a Christmas party or, you know, things like that. And when you've got that vision statement, then you're always thinking about maintaining and repairing, how you can improve the appeal of the building. Let's put in a, an outdoor setting for people where they can come by themselves or, you know, share with other residents. There's lots of things that you can do, but if you've got that, it guides you. Mm. I really like that idea of having that vision statement as a guide and having those goals to work towards. Why is it, Karen, that you think some committees aren't able to get their heads around this concept of good governance and they run into trouble? The problem that we have in Strata is that these committee members are unskilled volunteers. They've often downsized from the family home or they've come into it as younger people, as a lifestyle of choice, and they're not equipped. There's no training manual for this. So they're doing the best they can with limited knowledge and education. And that's why Ocean's very keen to hold seminars and workshops and, you know, provide guidance for people to make strata living and owning and also managing the building the best it can be. Mm. Yes, well, we're certainly on the same page there, of course, with the podcast and the resources that your Strata property offers as well. I couldn't agree with you more, arming people with knowledge, uh, with access to information results in a more peaceful, and if you're talking about investors, a more profitable experience of Strata living. Is there, to your knowledge, a training course available or some kind of seminar that is a one-stop shop, if you like, that's going to tick the boxes for new committee members or new strata owners, uh, a must-do for them to get the skills they need to help run their building smoothly? A very simple guideline has been put out by New South Wales Fair Trading, so for the New South Wales people, which is the Strata Living Booklet, and they can download that or get a hard copy. We hold, you know, regular meetings and seminars. The City of Sydney runs an excellent series called Strata Skills 101, and you don't have to live in the city to attend those. That's on their website, and it's the very basics, you know, I'm moving into Strata, what should I expect? Or handover from the developer, or pets in high-rise how to run a committee, all sorts of good things. We're trying to replicate that. We've partnered with Ride Council to run those kinds of seminars and people absolutely love them. 
and RIDE's really pleased to be delivering that for its constituents. That's a, a very high growth area, obviously with high rise. And we're talking with uh, the legal fraternity about developing something for committee members specifically. Mm. Yeah, you're right about that. It's something that the Australian College of Strata Lawyers, formerly known as the Australian College of Community Association Lawyers, we've recently had a name change. It's something that uh, we've been looking at producing for some time now and looking forward to working with you and the OCN team on that and try and fill that gap because I think it is uh, it's something that I get asked about regularly. You know, I'm a new owner or a new committee member. Where can I go to get the need to know basics. I think SCA New South Wales and maybe even SCA National has been trialling some committee member courses, which uh, might be one day courses. I have, don't have too much information on that, but if I can find a link to SCA's website where you might find some more information, I'll make sure that that link, along with all of the helpful resources that Karen's outlined, go into the show notes for this episode. Now, Karen, you mentioned there the problem when we have committee members who don't act in the interests of all owners and committee members who may indeed act in their own interests. This is something that unfortunately I see come up time and again. And I do say that with the caveat that I am a strata lawyer. So I am seeing perhaps the worst of the worst and things when they are at their most uh, awful. I mean, why does this happen? How do we fix this? How does an owner who is being excluded or suffering from this practice of acting in a self-interested way, how do they resolve that problem? I'm sure it's something that comes to your attention a lot. It certainly does come to my attention a lot, Amanda. I get calls and emails from people all the time really struggling with that. And there's no easy answer. They can take their committee to the tribunal. That incurs costs in terms of time, emotional capital and finance. It's a very difficult one. A lot of it doesn't get resolved because coming back to the, you know, the opposite of good governance, if you've got someone in there who's a bully, it's really hard. And oftentimes the other committee members are nervous of them or too polite to say anything. And they they get away with, you know, I was going to say murder, but not quite. But I had an elderly gentleman email me yesterday, in fact, and he's got water running down the wall and the committee doesn't want to do anything about it. They don't want to spend the money. And all I can do is feel for him and empathise and give him pointers whether or not he has the capacity to take that to the tribunal or to mediation is another question. Yeah. Some practical advice that I often give for those who perhaps don't have the budget or the inclination to engage a lawyer and embark on litigation is to try and get some power in numbers. So as much as we might think our homes shouldn't be places of politics or places for campaigning, doing a door knock or getting out and trying to participate in community events and socialise with or at least get to know your neighbours and explain to them what it is that you're experiencing, what it is that you want fixed and, and why 
perhaps it is the legal obligation of the owners corporation to fix it and trying to gather that support so that the next time you're at the meeting, a general meeting, you have some power in numbers and you have some others, at least in the room, sitting next to you, standing near you, who can say, hey, this isn't right. This does need to be fixed. Not only is it a legal obligation, but it's not right that Mr. Jones in Unit 4 has water running down his bedroom wall. Who's going to fix this and how quickly is it going to happen? And I've seen some good results when there is that band of people, if you like, who can gather together and put some pressure on perhaps a a recalcitrant committee and perhaps reminding the committee that there is the option at a general meeting for a special resolution to be passed, which removes a committee member from their position. That is in our Strata Schemes Management Act here in New South Wales. So there is power in numbers and perhaps reminding committee members that they are there to serve the best interests of the owners corporation as a whole and not themselves and that there are legal avenues available to address the situation when that's not happening. Having a group of you who can issue that reminder, I think um, is a helpful place to start. Fabulous advice, Amanda. And it is about talking to each other, isn't it? And again, people don't necessarily have the skills for that. But some tricky things can be easily resolved if you just talk to other people as a person. And we forget to do that. We write letters. We expect that the strata manager should be fixing it when, in fact, they need to be instructed by the committee. So, very good advice, Amanda. And it's a good point that you raised there, Karen, about the role of the strata manager. And you probably see this as do I, these questions being asked, you know, my strata manager isn't doing this or my strata manager is supposed to do that. I really see that as a key aspect of the the education process, understanding what it is your strata manager is engaged to do, that they are an agent engaged by the owners corporation. They do, as you say, act on instructions. And it is not always as easy as ringing the strata manager and saying you should just do it. They do need to seek the instructions of their owners corporation, which usually comes via the committee. But on the other hand, if a building or a committee is not meeting its legal obligations because of some whether it's laziness or whether it's just a misunderstanding or not wanting to spend money, then I do think that the strata manager should be quite clear, first of all, in laying down what that legal obligation is. And as I do as a lawyer, if I have a client who will not follow my advice and wants to go left when I'm consistently telling them to go right, I actually terminate my engagement and say, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And I wonder if maybe more strata managers should be doing that. If their committees are are leaving their buildings in this kind of a situation, should they, do you think, Karen, be terminating contracts and saying, well, if you don't comply with the law, we can no longer work with I think that would be fabulous. In an ideal world, the strata manager is your trusted advisor and you should be relying on that advice in areas where, as a committee member, you're not the expert and there'll be many of those. And it would be great if strata managers are giving advice to say, this really is your responsibility and if you don't, I will walk. Yeah, I think if more of that happened, uh, maybe if strata managers became more confident to do that, then we might see a, a change of attitude in some of our buildings. 
Now, Karen, did you want to uh, share with our listeners any of the current hot topics or issues that OCN has been working on, perhaps uh, with government to the extent that you're able to talk about those or anything that you wanted to um, take this opportunity to fill our listeners in on? Yes. So, as well as the education side of things, OCN is a fiercely independent advocate for owners and at all levels of government. Uh, The two main things that we're working on at the moment are building defects and short-term letting. Building defects obviously affect people, you know, who've bought into off the plan or have bought into a new building and they can be quite significant and an enormous stress for people. So, we're very active in that space, uh, working with government since 2012 on the building defects bond. We're looking at changes to um, statutory warranties. So, working very closely on that, the accreditation of fire safety practitioners so that owners can be assured that they're engaging a competent practitioner with all the skills that are required to maintain their building safely. And short-term letting can affect anybody, new or old building, small or large. And sometimes the smaller buildings uh, can be impacted the most. There was a case recently in Wallara, a set of four that ended up in dispute because uh, one of the residents was short-term letting and one of the other neighbours felt intimidated by people sitting on the balcony and overlooking her. And it's a huge problem for larger buildings and uh, they're really grappling with that and we're waiting on the government to announce its intentions for regulating or otherwise that space. Mm. It seems to me like we've been waiting a long time for some intervention from government or some response or some guidance as to what it is that the government proposes to do. I think it's almost a year since we had our options paper. I think maybe it was July last year that the options paper came out and I appreciate that there are probably things that you can't talk about, but do you think we're going to be waiting much longer and any idea on what intervention, if any, there will be from government on this issue? I think we'll hear very shortly and I would hope that government is listening to the responses from owners and also aligning its response to its commitment to population growth relating to the economic growth of the state. And again, I'm talking New South Wales only at this stage. But the economic growth of this state is predicated on population growth, which is predicated on more people living in high-rise. So, if they are going to maintain public confidence in high-rise, they need to really consider how they and we are going to manage this brave new world. Yeah, interesting point. And uh, we do all wait and see what is on the horizon. I hope you're right that we're, uh, we're going to see something soon because like you, it's a question that I get asked regularly. Uh, how do we deal with it? Is it legal? Can we use bylaws? What's the government doing about it? So maybe 2018 will be the year for some certainty. We'll see. And in the meantime, you have some of the larger buildings looking at license plate recognition, facial recognition. They're getting quite serious about how they can manage their own community as it wishes to be managed, which I think is a very important point to make. 
those strata law reforms came in a couple of years ago were all about devolving decision-making to the individual building so that each community could run as it wishes to be run, you know, on democratic principles. If government chooses to go a different way with this, I think there will be quite a backlash. Mm. Consider yourself warned, government, (laughs) I suppose. All right, Karen, on a lighter note perhaps, let's talk books. Yes. You've been on the show before, Karen, and I have asked you about books that have had an impact on you. Feel free to add to that list if you like. Uh, Maybe let us know your current favourite. Or another question that I like to ask returning guests is, which book would you most likely gift to others? Yes. So my very favourite, and it's been with me for a long time and, and will be, is Business as Unusual written by the absolutely wonderful Anita Roddick of Body Shop fame. And two of her quotes that I love the most are, if you think you're too small to have an impact, try going to bed with a mosquito in the room. (laughs) And I've... (laughs) I do like that one. That's very much my metric because people think, oh, you know, what can I do? You know, it's just me. What can I do? And um, there you go. Mosquitoes don't have that... um, that self-talk that doesn't bother them. And the other thing <laughs> that she said, which I really love and I think is is very timely now, is in terms of power and influence, you can forget the church, forget politics. There is no more powerful institution in society than business. I believe it is now more important than ever before for business to assume a moral leadership. The business of business should not be about money. It should be about responsibility. It should be about public good, not private greed. And the book that I love to gift is Be the Change. And it's got all sorts of wonderful little ideas for how you as a single person can really make change. And it can be as simple as smiling at somebody in the street or thanking the waitress in the cafe or restaurant. Just acknowledging people can be a very powerful gift. Mm, It is definitely the small things that can make the most difference. Yes. So the takeaway from today is everyone should feel empowered. Mm. Empowered to say their bit, to stand up for perhaps for other owners who may not be getting a a fair run because of a a self-interested committee. Even if that's not you who's in that situation, maybe your neighbour is. And it only takes a, a smile at a meeting or to sit down next to that person and say, hey, what's going on? And is there anything I can do to help to make that person's experience in their own home a better one and by extension, improving your experience? Couldn't agree with you more, Amanda. One of the most powerful glues to a happy strata living experience is a sense of community and belonging. And to know that your neighbour can be there for you if you need them or vice versa, I just think it's a wonderful thing. It's why a lot of older people are moving to apartment living for that very reason. They feel safer and surrounded And I think in a a very disconnected world, that's a a very important thing. Yep, absolutely. And the good work that OCN is doing is uh, making sure that everybody can continue to have the best experience possible of strata living. So um, that can only be a good thing. 
Now, Karen, before we wrap up, how do our listeners find out more about you and about OCN? And is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? So the Owners Corporation Network website is www.ocn.org.au. Hopefully there you'll find lots of fabulous information, interesting news. OCN relies on its membership. It is a network. Everything about OCN is in its name. So I encourage your listeners to join OCN either as individuals, bring their scheme along to join, or if that's not appropriate right now, subscribe to the free monthly updates that I send out each month and that tell you what OCN's doing on on your behalf and your neighbours and what's going on in the strata world. It's a really easy way to stay abreast of things and it's not so intrusive with just one email a month. Membership is key. We're an independent organisation. We're not government funded and we're reliant on you to help us to help you. Yeah, very, very good way to put it. If you want to uh, see change and improve the perception and the experience of strata living, then definitely get involved. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Karen. You always have so much on your plate and I appreciate you making that time. And I'll look forward to catching up with you again, probably on the podcast. There's always hot topics to discuss. Catching up with you again soon. Thanks so much, Amanda. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?